Storygram Network. The content and products discussed in this program have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, nor are they intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Any decisions made around your health should be discussed with your health practitioner. Welcome to Body Talk Radio. I'm your host, Heather Morgan, Health and Human Potential Master Coach and Edutainment Curator. I started Body Talk over a decade ago in order to achieve my mission of educating and inspiring millions to a healthier way of living. Body Talk Radio is more than just a radio show. It's your gateway to information and education relevant to today's most important health topics. Delivered by top thought leaders, influencers, and world changers in the health and human potential space. If you love great health talk, listen in and join the community. Get educated, get inspired, and become a healthier you. Hello, Sonoma. You are listening the to Body program Talk. Has been Oops, sorry about that. I'm Heather Morgan, nutrition and healthy living coach, and today I am so excited to have Jessica Drummond joining me at around 1.15 Pacific time here, and she is an expert in women's health. So if you are a woman or you know a woman, and that's everybody, you need to stay tuned. She's going to be calling in at 1.15. She's an expert, and she works with women all over the country on balancing their health, primarily on pelvic health conditions, um, and just so many things that involve in what women go through in terms of their health, aging, and, you know, just a part of being a woman. So this is a show that's going to obviously be a podcast because I always take my shows and make a podcast out of them. And so if you do miss part of it or all of it, um, you're going to be hearing this as a podcast later. So the way to get the podcast, and you can hear all my previous shows as well, or many of them, um, by going to my website, which is bodytalkradio.com. And it's super easy. Just look on there. You'll see where you can access the shows, the podcast, and um, and get all the good information. Download it. Go to iTunes, whatever you like to do, and um, subscribe so that you receive these shows each and every week. Uh, lots of great information. I'm usually interviewing an amazing health professional of some sort, uh, usually related to natural and healthy living. So this show is a health show, but it is primarily about natural living. So um, integrative health professionals that not only, you know, approach health um, in a, in a reactive way, um, you know, treating symptoms, but more getting down to the root cause and prevention. So that's what we're talking about on the show. And I'm glad that you're joining me today. So uh, Jessica Drum is going to come in and talk to me about women's health. So I thought I would just start off a little bit answering a question from one of my um one of the people who submit, you can submit questions to me as well via my website. So, um, I invite you to check in and call in, um, and you know, or call in at at 707-933-9133. If you ever want to give a call, otherwise you can definitely, um, you can definitely send me a, a, a question 
pri- prior to the show, just go right on my website and it'll ask, it'll show you right where you can send me a question. So I have lots of questions to catch up on. And because we're talking about women's health, I sorted through and found out some of the, found some of the questions that relate to women's health. One of them being about weight loss. So, um, so, you know, I've only got a few minutes here before Jessica calls in, but I do want to just preface it is this way. The majority of the people, you know, many, many women um, are, are, are not satisfied. In fact, you know, studies and polls have shown most women are not satisfied with their weight for whatever reason. And, you know, that's, there's a lot of, a lot of reasons that go into that. But, um, if you are not, if you are one of those people and you are not satisfied with your weight, you know, there's the old, you know, there's the old belief that, you know, you're not exercising enough. And that could be the case in many, many people. Um, you know, it's sort of like input, output, exercise more, eat less. Well, there's just so much more to it than that, honestly. And, you know, in, in, in the early eighties, you know, high fructose corn syrup, GMOs came on the scene, you know, we're just eating foods that there's so many variables that play into why our body is storing bodies are so efficient today at storing fat versus burning fat. Um, you know, if you go back and look at pictures of the seventies, the sixties, you know, you just didn't see people the size that they are today. So we got to ask some questions, right? We got to ask some questions. We got to say, Hmm, what's happened in the last whatever, 30, whatever years, 40 years that has changed our body shapes? Well, you know, a lot of it we can attribute to toxins in our environment. Each year, more and more and more toxins are introduced to the environment and the body responds. You know, it affects our hormones and the body will store toxins in fat creating fat. So, you know, we have to think about that. And then we also have to think about, you know, like I said, you know, GMOs came on the scene in the eighties, um, you know, high fructose corn syrup, uh, hydrogenated oils, all those processed chemical things that have happened in our, in our standard American diet, or I call sad diet, um, that also affect it. So it's, it's, it's just, it's a very complex puzzle. This is what I'm going to say. And I would start with, of course, looking at your diet, avoiding GMOs. You know, that's number one, GMOs, right? Um, lots and lots of science and studies coming about coming out around how GMOs are making us fat. So, you know, purchase foods that say non-GMO on them. I think that's really a good place to start. Also, in general, just go for the whole foods, right? Look at your plate. I love the Whole30. Google the Whole30. Just check it out. The Whole30 is a fantastic food program that is easy to access, easy to follow, um, and it's just really about eating whole foods, and they really have it dialed in. So if you go to the Whole30, that's that's a great way to start if you're thinking about changing your diet. That's just one part of it. And then you have to look at, you know, your movement. How are you moving? Are you moving with, um, you know, f- in a functional way that really lends to your current metabolism? And when I say metabolism, I mean the function of your hormones. So, you know, at its, at its specific ages, your hormones shift and change. So you need to exercise appropriately for your metabolic age. And so with that, you know, you don't want to be um, a person who doesn't repair as rapidly and quickly. And those are people who are over 40 and be out there running all the time. Um, you know, there's just certain 
ways that you should be exercising based on your current metabolic situation. A lot of that has to do with age and a lot of that has to do with your levels of stress. If you're a highly stressed person and you're in what we call sympathetic mode a lot, you don't want to be out just hammering it at the gym on the spin bike, doing a spin class where you're drenching by the end and then, you know, and then you go home and you're working on the computer till all hours. And, you know, if you're that type A, you actually need to, you actually need to exercise in a different way. Um, so what I encourage is, Oh, we've got Jessica calling in right now. So we're going to go ahead and say hello to Jessica. Hi there, Jessica. Are you there? Yes. Hi, Heather. Can you hear me? Hi there. Yes, I can hear you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, well, you're live on air right now in the Sonoma Valley area, so I really appreciate you calling in and sharing your amazing expertise with our community. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Yes, yes. Well, you know, I I rarely do shows just specifically focused on women's health. I do talk about hormones. I do talk about weight loss, you know, um, here and there, um, but, or, you know, different topics, stress or whatever, and then relate it to women, but never really just specifically on women's health issues. And you are the, you are the expert here. So I'm super, super glad you're here. And, you know, gosh, I was just reviewing your website and I just don't know where to begin. I got to tell you. So I just want to let the, the, the listeners know, um, I'm talking about, um, integrative women's health institute right or what's your main was that your main website yes it's the integrative women's health institute we have a patient practice and a virtual practice and a um clinician training programs okay awesome so when we are talking about women's health let's just dial down tell me what you focus on primarily Yeah, so I treat three key things primarily. One is women who are dealing with any kind of pelvic pain, menstrual pain, period issues, that sort of thing. Um, Second would be fertility, so optimizing fertility, preconception, planning, just getting the body ready for making it easier to conceive and then carrying a really healthy pregnancy and and postpartum Mm -hmm. recovery, which is another area that's often overlooked. Right. And then we also work generally with hormone balance, and that mm-hmm. can be anything from sort of the the busy, overwhelmed mom, you mm-hmm. know, working mom a lot of times, mm-hmm. to female athletes that could be, you know, younger in, in even in puberty, uh, but again, sort of overtraining, you yes. know, prepping for college, trying to, to get into college, and also, you know, competing in a number of sports throughout the year. Uh, have really actually similar pictures a lot of times to women who are either recovering from pregnancy or in those perimenopausal years that are just so busy and, you know, we're kind of going through a puberty in reverse, as yes. someone would, would describe perimenopause. Okay, yeah. so I think that's really just, I'm going to stop you right there. So what you just said is really, I, I can literally name five people, like, you know, young girls going to college, just overstressed with a high school load, and then, you know, athletes and training and practice, and, and, and honestly, many of them have the PCOS diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and they're all unhappy, you know, with their skin and their, you know, just the irregular periods and the, the mood swings. And, you know, these are young girls. Yeah. Um, and, and so like literally in the last year, I've probably have, you know, known at least five or six that have either, you know, come my way in, in my practice or with, um, you know, in, in here in the community. So I think that's really huge. And I love how you likened that to, you know, mm-hmm. woman, uh, someone who's going through menopause. That's huge. I'd never thought of it that way. Well, and a lot of times what you'll see is the same thing is going on, you know, the mother and the daughter. It's going on in the house. Oh, my gosh. The teenage, you know, the teenage daughter and the 47-year-old mother yes. um, are both experiencing this sort of rocky time hormonally. And I think, you know, when the, when that's, when you sort of don't understand what's physiologically going on, because mm-hmm. a lot of times the as you under, well understand, the sort of traditional medical response to that would be put the teenager on birth, birth control, control right, mm-hmm, and put the mother maybe on hormone replacement right. or antidepressants. Yes. Um, and so there's a disconnect about what's going on at the deep level, and I think it can actually have significant negative impacts on the relationship between mothers and daughters mm, at that sure. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, so. it definitely can. And it's also a, a confusing time in general. I know, especially for the young women, because I mean, let's, let's face it, 16, 17, 18, isn't that when we're supposed to just feel our most vibrant and beautiful and at, you know what I mean? And just, you know, yeah. we're not supposed to feel like we want to crawl out of our skin at that age, but we're seeing it more and more and more. So I really, I really like that you're putting attention in that way. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing we can just tell people today is there's so much that can be done to rebalance the hormones in the teenage years um, and in the early 20s. And it makes a huge difference to these girls' fertility when they hit their, you know, early and mid-30s and they're trying, and then they're struggling with infertility. Mm-hmm. So if we can, you know, right. back it way up to, to the, the high school high-achieving athlete and really teach her a lot about things she can do to optimize her hormonal health just as her kind of cycles are starting to get regular and healthy and as you said you know avoiding PCOS or reversing PCOS if they've already got that diagnosis and then you know having a much smoother ride in her 20s and 30s and as she's trying to get pregnant and have a healthy pregnancy. That's so awesome. So what would you say to that teenager today, just about where to start some of the basics where they can, you know, um, you know, where they would start and what they should be considering. So say you have a a teenage gal gal and she's, she's gone to the doctor and they've put her on, you know, the, um, uh, birth control pills, um, and, and maybe even an antidepressant. What would you say to that girl about how she might find a different way? Well, I think, you know, ideally before starting the birth control pill or the antidepressant, we would work with the whole family. So we want to really start to take a critical look at how much everyone in the family really has on their plate. Yes. And if they've made the decision to actually put those things on their plate or they feel some kind of obligation. Yeah, like where's that pressure coming from? 
yeah, where's the pressure coming from to do 17 extracurricular activities and get straight A's and, you know, be the best on the track team, right? Where is that mm-hmm. coming from? Mm-hmm. Are there areas that she actually really loves and wants wants to spend more time? You know, I know there's a lot of pressure around getting into college and getting into the right school and getting a scholarship and all of that stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I have a 13-year-old myself, so we're just embarking on that in yeah. my own house. But, you know, I think we have to make really just every once in a while, like maybe every six months, every year, as a family, each person, and especially the the mom and especially the girls, because, for, well, girls and boys at that age will have similar pressures, but women a lot of times have way more on their plates than maybe the men in their families in terms of, you know, taking care of elderly relatives, taking care of the children in addition to their jobs and the housework. And, you know, let's take a really mm-hmm. critical look at what can we let go of? What can we do less of? Where mm-hmm. can we take some financial pressure away? Where do we really want to focus our energy? Because, you know, I think we often kind of burn out girls before they've even started their careers. And I so. Know. You know, it's it's no fun at all. So let's, you know, start by taking a critical look at that. And then secondly, nourishing her body. So if she's going to be performing like an athlete, we've got to really think of her as an athlete, you know, and you wouldn't take an Olympian and say, okay, you're going to be kind of subsisting on leftover mac and cheese and, you know, go to bed at 11 o'clock yes. and, you know, on the weekends eating pizza and candy with your friends, like you've got to really fuel up because even if she's not competing at that level, Mm -hmm. if you look at her whole plate, you know, she's competing and she's trying to get great grades in school, which is a lot of mental energy. Um, You know, she's got some health issues already if she's presenting with acne or, you know, other signs of PCOS, irregular cycles, painful periods. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we definitely want to think about her nutrition as a way of fueling. And it's not to say that we want girls on any kind of, you know, restrictive diet. We just right. want them to start thinking of food as nourishment mm-hmm. rather than as a big afterthought. Um, I love and that. And then, you know, and finally I would say endometriosis, it's, you know, from I've been working with women with pelvic pain for like almost 20 years now. And mm-hmm. we really don't notice when women have significant pelvic pain because there, it's kind of taught, you know, if you have cramps, that's just how it is. It's part of the pain of being a woman. But about 20% of girls will have endometriosis mm-hmm. and so, well, between 10 and 20%. And so mm-hmm. if they have killer cramps, like if their cramps are keeping them out of school, yes. you know, causing them to vomit, making mm-hmm. them stay home and stay in bed, mm-hmm. we want to get an early assessment for endometriosis from a really skilled uh, physician who sees a lot of endometriosis. For sure. Yeah. So just kind of understanding what's within sort of quote unquote the, the normal range. Because I mean, our... Is it normal to even have cramps or not? Well, it's certainly normal to have a day or two of slightly lower energy, mild cramps, um, but it shouldn't be disruptive. Like you may right. not feel like going out and partying that night. You may mm-hmm. not feel like, you know, having a, a hardcore workout. Mm-hmm. You should be able to get through a normal work day, you know, maybe go to bed a little earlier, take extra care of yourself, dial back 
the activity, but it's not normal to have really any intense cramps that take you out of your life. And it's not that's not always endometriosis, but it's something that should be screened for. And then if it's not endometriosis, then everything else we just talked about, you know, the stress, the over kind of over committing and the lack of nourishment and lack of recovery. So the second part part of that kind of thinking of yourself as an athlete, even mm-hmm. if you're not an Olympian, you're sort of the combination of everything you're doing might be Olympic level. Mm-hmm. There has to be some recovery time on a very regular basis. At least every three weeks or so, there should be like a couple of days of complete rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, for sure. Re- rest and recovery is so, so important. Um, well, let's hold right there. Jessica Drummond is joining me right now from the Integrative Women's Health Institute. We have to take a quick break. Um, if you don't mind, Jessica, just hang tight. And uh, right there, we're going to just take a quick break, and then we will be right back in just a few seconds. Okay, everyone, and we are back. I'm Heather Morgan, Nutrition and Healthy Living Coach. You're listening to Body Talk Radio, and I am joined today by Jessica Drummond, women's health expert and um, founder of the Integrative Women's Health Institute. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. All right. So um, we we were talking about... Uh, we were focusing a little bit on these, um, on you know, teenage girls that are experiencing you know, health imbalances due to high stress, um, you know, overachieving types, this and that. And, and they do seem to more and more today, we're seeing young girls with PCOS. Um, and like you said, endometriosis. So, um, anything else that you want to add to that so that we give people advice? We talked about nourishment. I mean, we talked about obviously, you know, um, uh, you know, an, an approach to like lifestyle, talk to the family, anything else? Well, I would say that, you know, PCOS is a red flag. It's an, a sort of early warning sign for metabolic syndrome. It's, a, it's on the spectrum of, the, of diabetes, basically. Right. And so if um, uh, your daughter has PCOS in her teen years, mm-hmm. we just want to be careful not to just mask that. Now, mm-hmm. it may be times when, there, when medications are appropriate, at least for the short term or as a bridge, but if we just take the medications and don't fix the underlying insulin mm-hmm. imbalances, then long, down the road, you know, it can lead to some pretty more serious cardiovascular Mm -hmm. issues and Mm -hmm. kidney issues and all of that. So it's not something to just be glossed over. Okay, great. And so where, if someone's listening and they want to find out more information, do they just go to your website, Integrative Women's Health Institute, and they could inquire there? Yes, yes. We have a patient area and we also have a blog where they could read more about things like this. Okay, I love it. Yes, and and I love in your the patient section of your website. Um, you know, it, it's so easy to follow. You know, I am seeking relief from pelvic pain. You know, I'm seeking relief um, or, or seeking optimal fertility. So that's another big one, and it kind of goes hand in hand with what we talked about earlier with the you know younger generation starting out with PCOS. So many people today are seeking optimal fertility or having issues with fertility. What do you say to that? Well, you know, again, it's kind of along the same lines, right? We're trying to get pregnant in the midst of being under chronic stress. 
And physiologically, that just doesn't make sense, right? Mm -hmm. If you're, quote unquote, you know, running from the tiger, running from the bear evolutionarily, and, you know, physiologically, it's not going to be simple for your body to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is make sure that women are balancing their stress response system. And this used to be called, you know, struggles with adrenal fatigue or adrenal issues, but really it's, it's the whole stress response system. And that system also interacts with the thyroid, which if that's not in good balance, it's very challenging to get pregnant. And that stress response system also interacts directly with the sex hormones. So Mm -hmm. I see a lot of women who, um, you know, have very low estrogen, very low progesterone because they just are sort of out of resources. They're out of the nutrients and the enzymes that are required and the fats that are required to build these hormones. Um, because they're under chronic stress and they're either not eating enough or they're eating plenty of calories, but they're not nutrient dense. And so, you know, we've kind of yes. come off the, the low fat phase, which mm. at least that's good, but, mm-hmm. you know, we need to be renourishing, recovering because I, I, you know, when we start doing nutrient testing and things like that mm-hmm. for women who are trying to mm-hmm. conceive, we find that they are really very deficient. They're deficient in vitamin D and mm-hmm. iron and they have trouble, mm-hmm. you know, uh, absorbing the fats in their diet. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, it's really important if you're trying to get pregnant to make sure that you've kind of got a baseline of just nourishing yourself well enough, but also that your digestive function is good enough so that the body is able to take in these nutrients. So, you know, you shouldn't be experiencing heartburn or bloating or difficulty with bowel movements, whether, you know, or things like IBS. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're struggling with constipation or IBS or diarrhea, you know, these are all red flags that it's hard for your body to get in nutrients no matter how sort of optimal your Mm -hmm. diet, you know, looks on the plate. It's not getting to your cells necessarily to to make the hormones required to carry a pregnancy. So I know a lot of women who are struggling and trying to get pregnant do clean up their diet. You know, they do, they do, you know, often they do seek, uh, you know, health professionals or practitioners and get off of, say, gluten or, mm-hmm. you know, dairy or things that they might potentially be reactive or sensitive to. Um What else do you suggest? I mean, do you have a program at at your institute where that that really helps people through a more thorough preparation for improving fertility? Yeah. So I think in addition, we often collaborate with their local physician and we'll do things like deeper thyroid testing. Mm -hmm. Do they have any kind of autoimmune picture going on? I've Mm -hmm. been doing some, publishing some research recently on vulvodynia, which is uh, vulvar pain, or that can look like pain with sex. If so women are having pain with sex, there's actually an autoimmune component to that. Um, And so, you know, thyroid shows up as an Mm -hmm. autoimmune issue. Mm -hmm. And so if your body is struggling with an autoimmune disease, well, potentially you're going to reject Mm -hmm. any fetus that is conceived. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can struggle with early miscarriages Mm -hmm. commonly. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, looking at the balance of the stress response system. So there's some hormonal testing that can show us if the stress hormones are kind of flowing in normal daily balance. There's Mm -hmm. a normal circadian rhythm, a daily rhythm Mm -hmm. of how the sex hormones, I mean, the stress hormones 
hormones should flow. Mm -hmm. And so if you're having a lot of trouble falling asleep or you're waking up in the middle of the night, Mm -hmm. it's a a red flag that potentially your stress hormones are just kind of high and low at the wrong time, which makes a difference for Mm -hmm. fertility. Um, Also, just if your liver is able to appropriately break down sex hormones, so you don't have an abundance of estrogen, you're not struggling with things like fibroids or ovarian cysts or uh, breast tenderness, Mm -hmm. things like that. For sure. And all that can play a part of whether or not people are able to get pregnant. Yeah. So really, we have to look at every system. Like, are you able to take in nutrients? Is your immune system responding normally to, Mm -hmm. you know, the bad guys, but not over responding Mm -hmm. to your own body in any way? And then are your hormones in balance? Because really in combination, all of those things, and then making sure that your nutrient levels are optimized. So not just sort of cleaning up the diet, but sometimes we need to go even further, especially if, you know, the whole decade before you were trying to get pregnant, you were living like that teenager, you know, you you Mm -hmm. started your first job and it was really stressful. And Mm -hmm. you you went to 10 years of college and graduate school and you kind of burned it up, burned the candle at both ends, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I think a big part of all these women's health issues is involves just the high paced, high stress lifestyle we have today. I mean, women have entered the workforce so much more over the past, you know, 30 years and, and it's just, it goes on and on and on. And, you know, women are amazing multitaskers. We, you know, yes, we're working. Yes. We're, you know, taking care of kids and the list just goes on and on and on and often don't know when to say no. So the body, it takes a toll on the body. And all of these things um, can be affected, all of the things that you work with. Um, so I think it's, it's it's super, super important what you've put together here in your institute and the answers in the blog and the programs. I mean, I love, you know, the detoxification programs that you have. And, um, you know, it's nice that you have these programs that women who are experiencing uh, different stages of health imbalances have options for the programs. And I want to move on to the next program which is after birth. Can we talk a little bit about that? I love, like, who who focuses on that besides you? <laughs> <laughs> Not enough people, right? Poor right? No. Like, we used to, when I, so I spent about eight of my 12 years of physical therapy practice working at, an, at a women's hospital where we, the hospital, the physicians at the hospital delivered about one baby every hour around the clock. So it was a huge women's hospital. Oh, wow. And we always used to say, you know, a C-section is the only major abdominal surgery where you get no recovery, no rehabilitation, and they send you home with an infant to take care of. Well, that was me twice. Absolutely. I mean, just (laughs) when I think, and I'm so glad I didn't know then what I know now about C-sections because I tell you, (laughs) but, um, you know, and that's another whole, another whole topic could just be C-sections alone because let's just put it this way. I'm not thrilled that I, I had them and I don't, not quite sure I really needed them. So... Um, but moving on from that, the, you know, post, we're talking about postpartum and recovery. So how do you help these women? Right. Well, you know, there, as you said, there are lots of issues around C-section, but whether you had a vaginal delivery or you had a cesarean section post birth, there are a couple of things that can naturally happen. One that do naturally happen. Your immune system experiences a kind of a shift. Hmm. During pregnancy, your immune system shifts 
so that it's sort of less responsive, which is a good thing because most of the time then you won't reject the fetus, okay. right? Because gotcha. the fetus is half not your DNA, so right. it's kind of a foreign body, Interesting. right? Interesting. Um, and so if you have some certain autoimmune diseases, they may quiet down during pregnancy, which is like, oh my gosh, yay, I finally feel better. Yeah. But if you don't kind of optimize that time, which is what we're doing in our research right now, mm-hmm. um, that we're looking at is trying to take advantage of that time during pregnancy to do what I just said, you know, optimize digestion, optimize the Mm -hmm. immune function, optimize detox, all of that, optimize the hormones. If we do that during pregnancy, usually that doesn't happen. So then postpartum, the immune system just shifts back and women experience things like intense postpartum thyroiditis, you know, low Mm -hmm. thyroid function. Mm -hmm. Um, They can experience stress response challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's just physical recovery, you know. uh, Oh, my goodness. Can, you know, how's your pelvic floor? Mm -hmm. Almost no one in the United States gets any kind of pelvic floor rehab postpartum. It's it's essentially no. mandatory in France. Yeah. You have a six-week postpartum recovery, wow. uh, pelvic floor recovery program. Oh, my goodness. So. Yeah, so needed. So, so, so needed. Wow. And I'm sure that there are a lot of women, especially post-cesarean, that aren't put back together in the right yeah. way. I mean, I just, you know, it's not going to be perfect after that. So um, there's got to be ways to help these women. Yeah, and so, you know, nutritionally, there's a lot to be done also from a physical therapy and fitness standpoint. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't want to jump right into doing, you know, crunches and planks. Mm -hmm. You want to restore the deeper kind of smaller fine-tuned muscles of Mm -hmm. the pelvic floor, of Mm -hmm. the hips, um, of the internal, you know, abdomen and and lumbar spine. You want to really strengthen that core in a very gentle and kind of focused way Mm -hmm. for a reasonable amount of time before starting back to, you know, get rid of the baby fat boot camp, you know. (laughs) um, Love it. Yes. So we really have to kind of slow down. And again, just like with the overachieving athletes, there needs to be some rest and recovery. Mm-hmm. Same exact thing postpartum. And then we definitely want movement, uh, a, a physical therapy assessment at about six weeks. If you get, you know, sort of the green light that everything is healed from your gynecologist, mm-hmm. you definitely want to have a physical therapy assessment of your pelvic floor. You know, you might have had an episiotomy, which would have a scar. A cesarean would have a scar. Mm-hmm. There's a lot we can do to mobilize scars so they don't end up getting stuck or painful. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, appropriate strength training so you and, and nutrition so you can get your energy back because, of course, now you've got, you know, a crawler and a walker and, yes. <laughs> you know, baby yes. to keep up with. Oh, my goodness. It's all so true and so, so very important. So, Jessica, we have to take another break. So if you don't mind, just hang tight and we're going to go do our second and final break for the hour. Um, and then we will be right back, everyone. We're talking to Jessica Drummond. She's a women's health expert um, and she is found of the Integrative Women's Health Institutes. We will be right All right, and we are back, everyone. You're listening to Body Talk Radio. I'm Heather Morgan, nutrition and healthy living coach, joined today by Jessica Drummond, women's health expert and founder of the Integrative Women's Health Institute. Welcome back to the show, Jessica. 
Thank you so much. Yeah, so glad you're here. So we we've kind of we're kind of covering it all today. I'm trying to just really go through all the key things that you do. Um, and I, for the people who are listening and would like to access more of your information, can you please tell us the best way for people to find your programs and uh, just follow you? Yeah. So the website is Integrative Women's Health Institute. Dot com and we have patient areas there where you can connect with us or um, there's a blog. We also have a pretty active Facebook page. Uh, it's on Facebook forward slash integrative pelvic health, but it's it's our institute. Integrative pelvic health on Facebook. That's such Facebook. a great idea. Such a great place for people to be able to go and access information. Fantastic. Okay, so um, we were just talking about postpartum recovery, and um, you have an amazing program for that. Um, and and you know now why don't we move on to hormone balance? You have a program for hormone balancing. We you talked about that a little bit and said you know we do do this. We have a program for it. Um, hormones are a pretty tricky thing, right? So talk to well, us about. Yeah. Yes, um, but I think there's a lot we can do to set it, set the foundation for healthy hormones, no matter what the age is. Right. So, great, you know, getting good quality sleep, and sometimes that involves kind of using supplements or things like that to help balance the stress hormone response. But yes, you know, as a as a bridge to actually being being able to take things off your plate. You know, we don't, I, I never expect, because mm-hmm. I, there's no way that anyone can do this, that my client's going to walk in and just sort of like quit her job and take three <laughs> weeks off and go to Bali, you know. You yeah. just, right? <laughs> <laughs> if we could do that, I mean, I have to start oh. creating that in my own life, right? Yes. But, for um, sure. So, you know, supplements uh, can be very supportive for kind of calming the stress response as we're bridging to the lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a foundation of nourishment. And it, it's really interesting, you know, genetically, there's kind of a wide variety in, in sort of the ideal diet for each person. Mm-hmm. But it's all, you know, it's sort of like 80% the same in the sense that whether, yes. you know, sort of genetically and, and, mm-hmm. and in terms of your activity, the kinds of exercise, the kinds of nutrition that you should have, everyone should essentially have a foundation of mostly vegetables, mm-hmm. um, high quality, healthy fats, which can be, you know, olive oil, nuts and seeds, avocado, mm-hmm. coconut oil, in some cases, things like butter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it's how we choose proteins can depend on genetics, can depend on that person's current activity. You know, what's interesting with working with women through the lifespan is some women do really well on on sort of a detox, vegan kind of diet for shorter periods of time or Mm -hmm. periods of time when they aren't, you know, when they're maybe more relaxed, um, but maybe need to shift to a paleo diet, which is actually quite similar to a vegan diet. It's Mm -hmm. just adding meat, basically, um, or fish. And when someone's pregnant, that may be a more appropriate thing Mm -hmm. to do. Mm So I think we have to not get too dogmatic about nutrition, but recognize that, you know, a whole foods kind of Mediterranean diet that can shift more vegan or more paleo, you know, there can be some tweaks to it. But if you're eating less sugar, 
less processed foods and a lot more vegetables, you're going to be on the right track. And so that's essential for hormones. And, and one of the things that I think has been really problematic for women is going too low fat, too restrictive, especially in the context of very intense exercise or just intense lifestyle. Yes. Okay, good. Let's talk about that. And so if we can increase uh, fat to about 30%, especially for female athletes, mm-hmm. that's beneficial significantly for mm-hmm. optimizing the, the hormone health because you have to have enough fat reserve to make hormones. Hormones are made from fat. Wow. Interesting. So just that point alone is, I think, so valuable for our listeners because a lot of people just have never heard it that way, but it's so quite simple. And, you know, you really do have to just really examine your diet and say, okay, every time you eat, look at your meal, look at your plate, ask yourself, is it primarily vegetables? Because if it is, you're winning. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. And And then a little bit of fat, you know, kind of like a chunk of fat, it could be an avocado, a scoop of guacamole, um, sprinkle nuts and seeds on your salad, cook your vegetables in olive oil or butter, make olive oil-based salad dressing, Mm -hmm. and then some kind of protein. And, you know, some women are going to thrive on plant-based proteins like beans and especially beans and maybe um, quality uh, whole grains that are cooked well, and others will thrive on, you know, fish or Mm high-quality meats. Uh, and, and some combination of both. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing, you know, if that's what your plate looks like, three meals a day, mm-hmm. you're you're setting a good foundation that we can work with easily to rebuild your sex hormones. So if you're struggling with low libido or vaginal dryness or fatigue or brain fog, you know, we think yes. about sex hormones as being only related to sex, but mm-hmm. there are estrogen receptors in 300 different places in the body and so you know if you're if your bones are getting brittle if you can't focus like you used to be able Mm -hmm. to it actually could be an estrogen deficiency issue. Oh my goodness. So it's, it's super important to have the follow-up to have your hormones measured, obviously. Yeah. Um, Ideally, you know, it's easier of course to um, optimize the supplemental recommendations, the more data we have on the hormones, but you know, there's so much that can be done as as a baseline to just make sure you've got the raw materials there so your mm-hmm. body can build the hormones that it needs. Absolutely. And these programs that you have, these are for everybody, right? It's not just for locals. Like this is online and people are able to access your testing, um, you know, for hormones and things like that, as well as all, you know, your supplements. So all that's available to anybody, correct? Yes. Yeah, so right okay. now uh, we work one-on-one with clients uh-huh. um, and we do have some group programs. Those are a bit on hold right now because we're, we're improving them uh, so that we can also, I do a lot of training of, of clinicians around the world. We right. have about 350 students in I think 35 different countries now. Wow. So we're trying to take the group programs and really optimize them mm-hmm. so um, mm-hmm. we can use them so that all of these clinicians can use them wherever they are in the world. But what we do have available right now is one-on-one programs where you would work directly with me or one of the nutritionists that work with me. And then there are, you know, many of these tests are available for people to just access themselves online, but, Mm -hmm. you know, they're kind of worthless without the interpretation context. Yes. 
Of course. So, you know, I'll either work with their clinicians locally to order the test. Sometimes we do that because then it can be partially covered by insurance mm-hmm. or there are, you know, there are other ways that people can get that data. Um, and then we just look at it all in context and very individually, you know, we're learning more and more about genetic factors, mm-hmm. um, which can play a really fascinating role, you know, when you're trying to get to those more complicated root causes. Yes. that's um, great. But, you know, there's so much that can be done mm-hmm. just as we start looking at, you know, these nutrition, lifestyle, movement, mm-hmm. sleep kind of shifts, because you get those four ducks in a row and you know, even pretty significant quote unquote diagnoses can begin to reverse. Absolutely. Now, Jessica, we have about five minutes left. And so I wanted to use the last five minutes to talk about the mother of all hormone nightmares, not even, I don't want to say nightmares, but you know where I'm going with this, right? Like I would like to spend the last five minutes talking about menopause. We started off Mm -hmm. the show talking about teenagers, right? So the sort of Mm -hmm. the the beginning of, you know, I guess when we start to put attention to female health. Um, But now let's, let's, let's cycle, let's cycle around. Let's go to the end. Let's talk about menopause and end the show there. Okay. Sure. So you know, I like to reframe menopause. I don't think it has to be such a nightmare. No, um, I agree. I agree. So I'm glad you. I'm glad you are. But it's so many people see it as that way, right? It's like, oh. yes, yes. It, it is kind of this like, oh my god, it's the end of everything, and I feel horrible, and my brain's foggy, and everything's dry, and mm-hmm. it just can feel awful. And you're like, okay, well, I guess it's menopause, and just sign me up. I'm on, you know, I'm on the way down, right? Yeah. How, and, do, how do we do it well? How do we do it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what we can do instead is a couple of things. Most importantly, start in your early 40s, if not before, Okay. Optim- optimizing your hormones. Great. Because, and, and if you're 47 right now, it's not too late. If you're 52 right now, it's not too late. But if you are, you know, 42, it's the exact right time. If, if not, you know, you know, any time is, is not too, too okay, early. Great. So you want to optimize your hormone health in your early 40s because then there are countries, there are languages that actually have no word for hot flashes. Women oh can my goodness. calmly sail through menopause if they are prepared in that their stress response system is not totally fried by the time they get to mm. menopause. Oh, I wish I would have known that in my early 40s. <laughs> Well, because the thing is, you have all these backup systems if you haven't already burned them out. Mm. And so you want to get optimally hormonally healthy in your early 40s so that Mm. you are not struggling with osteoporosis and brain fog and cardiovascular risk increases postmenopausally. All of this stuff that feels like a big cliff you're falling off of mm-hmm. can be much gentler. Mm. And you do have reserves. Your your adrenals create estrogen. And so take an opportunity, kind of a self-care check-in. Work mm-hmm. with a professional like me or someone mm-hmm. in my clinic or someone like us who, you know, really understands hormonal balance in a, in a holistic way and doesn't just sort of like give you hormones Mm -hmm. um, so that you can optimize everything that your own body has as backup systems. And then if that is not enough, 
we will help you work with a skilled um, bioidentical hormone practitioner, a physician. Great. You can, you know, again, use that as a bridge without it being super yes. intense and causing side effects mm-hmm. and increasing your cardiovascular risk and all of that kind mm-hmm. of thing. That's awesome. Fantastic. So do you get a lot of, do you get a lot of people who reach out to you because they're just uncomfortable in menopause or, I mean, what are the, what do you, what do you primarily hear? I know you have a really great following. What do you usually hear from people? Well, you know, it's interesting. They do, they start feeling perimenopausal symptoms in their mm-hmm. early 40s. And they're mm-hmm. like, you know, because they're having some hot flashes, they're waking up mm-hmm. at night, mm-hmm. insomnia, brain fog, you mm-hmm. know, they can't lose the weight. It, you know, it used to be able to just make a small dietary tweak and lose mm-hmm. five pounds for the, to fit into their dress. Now they can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fatigue really sets in. I think the brain fog is one of the things that's a big driver, though, and anxiety. Start feeling like mood shift. Yeah, sure. Um, so when those symptoms occur in the 40s, there, there's one of two ways that women deal with that. They're either like, oh, well, I must be in menopause and this mm-hmm. all sucks, you know, and they, they sort of wait until it gets really bad and then they need, horm- you know, they really need hormonal replacement years later and they've been suffering for years. Or increasingly what I've been seeing is women in their early 40s who are trying to get pregnant because, you know, we're delaying pregnancy uh, more commonly and they're having That's trouble right. with their fertility and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying you know whether you end up getting pregnant or not this is such a good opportunity that you're here because mm-hmm. now we're we have this grand opportunity to maintain your health and and allow you to sail through menopause now you may end up doing fertility treatments you may, may end up adopting a baby you may end up getting pregnant naturally but no matter what, it's so great that you came right now and put a pause on all the, you know, overwhelm in your life so that you could pay attention to your health before you go through menopause. And it's, it's quite frankly, more challenging because you've lost the support of your ovaries. So fantastic. Well, you know, you, you've changed so many people's lives and you really are, um, you know, I love that you're training over 300 clinicians right now in your methods. Um, this is a definitely a great place to go. If anybody, you know, knows anyone at all who's dealing with women's health issues, definitely go check out the Integrative Women's Health Institute and Jessica Drummond. And uh, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been incredibly um, valuable information for our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my absolute pleasure. Oh, well, we'd love to have you back sometime. Great. Okay, wonderful. Well, have a great day. And everyone, we'll see you back here next week, uh, Tuesday at 1 o'clock. Thanks so much and see you all then.